You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 44 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesome Gina Militia. How are you, Gina? I'm great, Val. How are you going? Good, good. What have you been up to this week? It's been a very big week. We celebrated my boy's 21st. Oh I um, my God. You know, made a Nutella cake with Nutella donuts. Are you serious? I got 21 Nutella donuts. It was a very low-key affair. He did not want to have a party. He wanted the cash instead. He's a clever boy. Yes. And um, so, yeah, I went out and got 21 Nutella donuts and made them into it like a pyramid Nutella cake. Did you take a photo? I want to know how to make a Nutella cake. It's very – well, you just buy the donuts, Val. Where do you you buy Nutella donuts from? Stack them 654321. Okay. (laughs) You know, and uh, the the Nutella actually comes out of the top of the donut and you can use it to, like, stick them together. So that's – that's how I did it, and uh, it worked very well. Wow. You could actually, like, if I was doing it again, I would probably get um, Nutella in a piping bag, whip it up, and pipe it between the donuts so that they could really stick, like, okay. a lot better. And you wow. don't, that, and that's a lot of donuts, and we so <laughs> had leftovers, and you know the next day you can't yes. eat because they're rock hard. I had to eat them all that night, Val. I oh. had <laughs> You can't throw them out. I had, I had, I think I had four, and they're very sickly because it's Yum. the donut and the Nutella, so it was a bit full on. All right, so listeners, this isn't a podcast about Nutella or even about food. It's actually about <laughs> photography. But Gina, as regular listeners will know, is somewhat obsessed with yes. Nutella to the point yes. where she even takes photos of inanimate jars of Nutella in various backgrounds around the world. Like, like, did, did anyone see Amelie, how she took that garden gnome to various places? Well, this is like Gina with Nut- a Nutella jar. And do you know that you can get your name on a Nutella jar now, that yes. they're doing the same thing as Coca-Cola? How exciting. Okay, you, you do that, Gina. <laughs> uh, well, did you take Nutella or have Nutella in Vegas when you went there recently? I didn't have Nutella, but you know what I had that you can't get in Australia? It's only, I think you can only buy it in America, big red chewing gum. Oh, that's exciting. Cinnamon-flavoured gum that I love, but you know what it does? It's like I can't stop eating it, so I ate an entire packet and burnt the entire side of my mouth, tongue and everything. So the following week in Cuba, I actually couldn't taste anything. (laughs) It's that, it's like um, paint stripper when you, you, you got to have like one stick and then maybe stop, but I just keep going. It's like when you have those warheads, you know, they sour warheads. They burn. 
All right, let us move on to photography now <laughs> because that's why people are here. Now, Gina recently went to Vegas on a trip where she – it was a whirlwind trip, but she yeah. went there to take photos. Now, we're going to launch into her whole Vegas adventure very soon, but we just want to give a shout-out to uh, For Photo Sakes from South Africa. Now, For Photo Sakes has left us a review on iTunes, and they've said, what a great series taking you step-by-step through the process of becoming a photographer in a non-threatening, easy-to-follow fun way and covering every aspect of the business and, most importantly, covering the business aspect of this artistic persuasion. So thank you so much for Photo Sakes from South Africa. Thank you, yes. And if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because it does help us in the rankings so we can keep on bringing this uh, podcast to you. We're very excited this week to see ourselves at uh, number one in the visual arts category. So thank Mm -hmm. you guys. You've made that happen and uh, that's very exciting. Mm. Uh, We also have, uh, we want to thank Brian Becknell, who's a Mm. regular listener, who sent us what? Gina? He sent a link to me about uh, – now, this this has been doing the rounds for several years, but I just uh, – this is the first time I've seen it, and I thought it was so beautiful and, and um, that I'd share it because it actually continues on. There's a photographer by the name of Bob Carey. He's an American photographer, and uh, his wife was sadly diagnosed with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And instead of standing by and doing nothing, like he hated seeing her going to hospital and having to go through her treatments and being miserable and all he wanted to do was put a smile on her face mm-hmm. so he he came up with this most beautiful series of photos that he was initially just taking for her to put a smile on her face where he dressed up in a tutu a pink tutu and went out and nothing in, else a pink and nothing, tutu nothing else, else and went out and did these most spectacular beautiful whimsical images just to put a smile on her face they're so the series of images is so touching and he continues to shoot even today even to this day and uh, now he's uh, currently traveling around the states doing the tutu project and uh, he just recently uh, did a shot in um, Grand Central Station in New York with the um, with the help of some other photographers so it's amazing well worth a look I'll put a link uh, in the show notes with a video, the, the YouTube video that just uh, uh, says a little bit about the story and you can see these beautiful, stunning images. So what he's done is he's dressed up in a pink tutu with nothing else and he's got himself, for example, in ballerina position in uh, a, a, a field with cows yeah. or standing on the edge of a deserted beach, just him and his pink tutu, or standing in the middle of a snow-filled street, uh, like a main street in a town, or hanging off a tree in his pink tutu. So, yeah, they're, they're very clever, very quirky, and a uh, gorgeous story behind it. Beautiful. Now, we also want to give a shout out to Joe Sasha. So, why is that, Gina? So, Joe uh, has just started listening to the podcast. He's been binge listening. So, thanks, Joe. But he heard me talking about how I took my AnyLoop batteries, or I don't take my AnyLoop batteries when I travel because I'm worried about them. They discharge in certain um, flashes and certain um, appliances. So, these are rechargeable batteries? Rechargeable batteries. And I was wondering about that. But he just gave a really good tip. He's just like, you know, take them out of everything and store them in a little box. 
and then put them back in when you need to use them. Yeah. So just keep them in the kit separately, which, you know, makes perfect sense. But he did notice that the Yong, he's got like a Yong Nuo and a Canon, and he noticed that the Yong Nuo actually uh, consistently dis- discharges the batteries when they're in there, mm. whereas the other flashes uh, don't tend to do that. So, so there are, like a, what I noticed was correct, that there are certain ones that will – um, cause the batteries to go flat a lot quicker than other units. So it must be something something techy to do. <laughs> and we have another couple of shout-outs. One is to Bradley Clout. Now, I love this shot that Bradley has sent us. Now, Bradley, we'll put it in the show notes, but Bradley had uh, posted a shot basically based on one of your shots, Gina. Now, Gina has a very iconic shot of uh, the actor Lockie Luck, Hume, who played the lead in the television series Beaconsfield, and it was a photo of Lockie dressed as a miner from Beaconsfield Mine and uh, looking very, very gritty, very serious. I saw it on billboards. I saw it on magazines. I saw it everywhere. And what Bradley has done is basically emulated that image with his own subject, and he, he got a guy who he's dirtied up and, and mm. got a miner's cap on and, and uh, got that same gritty black black and white feel and it's it's fantastic we'll put it it's amazing yeah i was really flattered to see that it's awesome work bradley well done i love it it's like you know when i used to go to your house and used to show me your your version of herb rich shots and yes you know all those years ago or your (laughs) version of your version of a bruce weber shot so i I love that and also a shout out to manifesto photo (laughs) great name a manifesto photo who posted an image on Twitter of the view from her dashboard as she was driving in the outback. She said, listening to Gina Militia, Valerie Koo, amazing photography podcast while driving through the Kimberley outback. And that was just, that made my day, I have to say, Gina. Because, you know, it's just, you you can listen to podcasts far and wide and it was just awesome to know that Manifesto photo (laughs) was listening to to it way out there. Very cool. Now, the moment of truth. (laughs) We're going to talk about Vegas, what Gina got up to in Vegas. Don't worry, we're not going to plunge straight into the hard questions, Gina. I'm going to start off with something easy for you because I know lots of listeners are very keen for this episode to know what you got up to in Vegas. But first, please tell us, why did you decide to go to Vegas? So I'm writing a book at the moment, as you all know, and everyone who's been following the podcast knows. And um, as I was writing the book, a lot of the – because what I do, my writing process is basically I write – and I have images in my mind, but I don't actually take the images as I'm writing. I want to get the writing out of the way first, and then I create the images. Does that make sense? Yes, that makes sense. And uh, But interestingly enough, many, many, many of the images that I had as uh, holding shots, you know, positionals there, were Vegas. <laughs> right. So you mean you, got, you just got um, random shots just as... As, well, I find shots that are very close to um, what what I need to create or look similar to. Okay, you know, it's just like or along the lines of to give the same vibe. Yes, but it kept pointing back to Vegas. So I'm like, right. well, there's a sign here. I need to go to Vegas. Yeah, I right. need to go to Vegas, and uh, I need to just go and shoot. So I did. <laughs> wow. So, what kind of shots did you want to achieve? 
So basically what I wanted to uh, achieve was a lot of low light photography. Right. Um, and I just needed an area where there was a lot of uh, neon lights around. So okay. So I thought Vegas was perfect. I mean, I could have just uh, uh, in Melbourne, in the city here, we've got our Crown Casino precinct. It's very mm-hmm. much like Vegas. Mm-hmm. I could have just gone there. Not as glamorous, Val. No way. <laughs> It's not the same. I could no. have done that in an afternoon. <laughs> I wouldn't have had nearly as much fun. So this is a good excuse for you to go to Vegas. It was a good excuse to go to Vegas. And I did want to go to um, Havana on the way. So like Vegas was always going to be a side trip because mm-hmm. I just wanted to. It's a long, long, long schlep to get to Cuba from Australia. Yes. So I always wanted to break it up. And it was going to be either tossing up between LA and Vegas. And Vegas was just another hour sort of sideways so I chose Vegas and so if you haven't got... if you haven't caught up with uh, Gina's adventures in Cuba yet that's episode 42 quite a nail-biting experience <laughs> yeah, uh, but okay so this was um a bit of a whirlwind trip wasn't it ha- was yeah. it how many days was it three three days and what mm. how many shots were you trying to achieve in those three days or had you budgeted time for you know lazing by the pool and there was no time budgeted for lazing by the pool because I'm writing at the same time because there was – the book was due kind of like the day I got home. Mm-hmm. So there was – it was shoot, 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 write, write, come back, process, write, keep shooting. So that's basically how I did it. So I timed it, Val, so that I could land. Mm-hmm. Um, In Vegas? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh jump in the hire car, get to my hotel, sort of settle in and then head out and do uh, a recce of the area and find out exactly where I wanted to shoot because I haven't been to Vegas for 25 years, right? right? So So was this in the evening that you... Yeah, so I kind of landed. By the time I got in, it was maybe, you know, two or three o'clock in the afternoon and then don't forget I'm jet lagged. So <laughs> it was like I, I just needed to work out. And it's not clever. If I go to bed, I'm not going to ever get up again. So, yeah, I know. So what I did was I just pushed through and, uh, yeah, um, headed out and, and, and did, did, did my recce of the area that I wanted to, um, to shoot in. So when you're doing your recce, what, so you, you, you got a hotel near the Strip in Vegas, I'm assuming? Yeah, I actually worked, uh, got a hotel away from the Strip oh. because it's not the Strip that I wanted to shoot in. I, oh. That's New Vegas. Yes. I had old Vegas on my mind. So think oh. uh, Frank Sinatra, the Rat Pack. Yes. Um, and Val, in the show notes, I've actually um, put together um, the, the look and, 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 and feel of the, the shoot that I put together before I went so that I could uh, show that to the agency where I booked the talent through and mm. uh, show it to the talent so that, I, that I, they knew what, what, um, what to wear and, and the vibe that I was going for. Right, so you put together like a storyboard or something. A storyboard, yes. Yeah. So it's it's got uh, you know the shots of like uh, I just kept in my mind. I had Rat Pack, and you know the Rat Pack were like uh, in the fifties and in sixties were like a bunch of uh, singers like Dean Martin and Frank Sinatra mm. and um, Sammy Davis Jr. and all those guys who just hung out in Vegas together. Mm. Kind of think like they're a, a, you know the modern day version is like the Ocean's Eleven 
kind mm-hmm. of Ocean's Twelve, the, those guys. So they're always immaculately dressed in uh, in the tuxedos uh, and and the slim line suits. Mm. And there's a part of Vegas called uh, Old Vegas, mm-hmm. and the signs there are all the retro. So it's the old fashioned font and the lettering there, and it's just a really cool part of town. Now that part of town had become really run down in mm-hmm. the past, and it was like uh, like it had become a ghost town. But what's happened now is the hipsters have moved in Val, mm. and so there's there's now all these really groovy um, sort of uh, cafes and restaurants around there and all the old signs are still there. So there's a particular street called Fremont Street mm-hmm. and that's where I wanted to go and uh, and set up. So I spent my first night just doing a recce and making sure and being there at the time that I wanted to shoot the next night. Yes. Which is really important. Right. So about what time of day would have that been? So that I wanted... So what I wanted was a combination. Well, I wanted to see what it looked like when uh, there was still a bit of light in the sky because when Mm. you're doing night shots, if you wait till it's completely black, it kind of can look a little bit heavy in the sky. It can Mm -hmm. just be too black. So sometimes it's nice to have uh, it just after the sun has set Mm. and you get some colour coming mm-hmm. through the sky, you'll get a bit of blue and red and, and things like that. Mm. So I just wanted to see what it looked like at that point. So I went down and had a look and I didn't didn't love it as much as when it was night. So I went for a night feel instead. Great. So uh, we'll put the storyboard in the show notes so you can have a look at what Gina put together. But it's basically, you know, shots of old Vegas and men in suits and very much that Rat Pack feel uh, going through it. So once you got your storyboard together, Gina, I, you, you mentioned that you dealt with some agencies because obviously you needed to prearrange some models, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Yes. So what kind of pre arrangement did you do of, of who, what kind of people so um because i knew like initially i was going to do uh the night shoot on the night that i arrived and i was going to have the next day uh up my sleeve to um shoot desert shots with women okay Uh but then i thought that through and I just thought I'm just putting myself under too much pressure because there's just not enough time. I didn't have enough time to recce. So I actually ended up dropping the shots of the girls because mm-hmm. it's just that whole other element. And then I realized uh, shooting in the desert mm-hmm. means that you've got to shoot really, really, really early. And right. I knew that being jet lagged coming from Australia, I wasn't confident that I would be in the right frame of mind yep. on the first morning and clear enough. I usually wait a day at least if, if I'm going to do a morning shoot. So I let that go. So I just uh, stuck to guys because mm-hmm. it just made it all easier. Yep. So basically I had uh, the, the, the agency was sending me a selection of guys to choose from and, uh, you know, it was just a matter of picking the guys that had uh, the right look for me. So I ended But up did they with... send you the guys before you got to Vegas via email or did you do so a casting? Was... So I, d- I didn't do a, uh in-person casting uh, this time, but mm-hmm. we've done that before. But for... so what I was doing is uh, they will send uh, comp cards mm-hmm. uh, of, of the guys and you'll see like what they look like in maybe four or five, you know, six different shots. So you get an idea and it's kind of like a guessing game, Val. Mm. And it's, uh, it can be like a, a, 
it 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 really is a good idea to often to see them before, you know on the day in the flesh because yes. sometimes they look nothing like they do on their card and we've had that that's a, that can be an issue sometimes. And if anyone's not familiar, a comp card is basically a composite card, and it's it's you know it's a marketing tool. So so it's what models and actors have to to leave with you usually, so that you remember who they are. And it usually has them in lots of different types of poses, so it shows the kinds of different looks and and kind of work that they've done before so, and so if they've done editorial they'll have editorial they'll have advertising they'll have whatever to show the kind of work that they're capable of doing yeah so okay you booked uh, you booked some models uh mm-hmm. before you left yep was there any other preparation that you did for for vegas did you scout locations by internet did you arrange any help it, what what happened so yes, I I uh, used Google and um, started looking for um, parts of Vegas. Where were the? Where was old school Vegas? What part was it? What was the street? And and luckily, you know, there are some amazing people that that blog about this sort of stuff. And I think mm-hmm. there was like an actual photographer. And I wish I could find the original blog because I would put it in the show notes because it was honestly it was fantastic. Who blogged about the best spots for photo shoots around right. Vegas, which was what a great idea and what a generous thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he'd also included like he had uh, Fremont Street, the, the street that I uh, ended up shooting in, but he also had the most fantastic ghost town. Hmm. that you could go and shoot at that I really – it was just a little bit too far for me to get there, like, on, on the spare day. So I couldn't go, but I really wanted to go because it had, like um, – it was just, like, a, a legitimate ghost town and it had the old wow. Texaco sign, old petrol stations. Wow. Like, I would have just, like, been, been so – It would have been so cool to shoot there. It would have been hmm. a completely different shoot. But, you know, you can just picture like a, a jeans commercial being shot there or there, there's just so much that could have been done there. But unfortunately, um, I couldn't get there. So, so yeah, basically when you're researching somewhere to shoot, um, you know, that that's what I do. I just uh, start looking online and finding the blog post and then narrowing it down and narrowing it down. So, so I found the exact spot that I wanted to shoot. I know it had all the signage and uh, then it was just a matter of actually uh, physically finding the place when I landed yeah. in Vegas. Okay, so you wanted to shoot in low light. You wanted to shoot at night in Fremont Street in old Vegas Yeah, and uh, do this you know, Rat Pack style shoot with guys, you know, cute guys in suits. Mm. So tell us about your your gear. What would you bring with you? Did you have to be portable? Did you have an assistant? So, Did you have a giant bag? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the other thing that I did before I left Val was I organised uh, a photo assistant to have right. over there. So I basically uh, used Google and um, came up with uh, a guy called uh, Ken Proto, who who actually had a, a website for uh, photo Las Vegas photo assisting and production, right? In and fact, his URL is lasvegasphotoassistant.com. dot uh, com. How fantastic <laughs> is that? And That's then, great. and I actually. Uh, 
didn't really read through his website much. I, I just sort of uh, sent him an email straight away and uh, he got back to me uh, maybe a day later and said that he, he was available on that date. And I think I emailed him a fair way out. But then I went back and had a look at what he'd done and he has assisted some of my idols. So I was actually mm -hmm. quite excited to be working with him, like, you know, um, including like Martin Scholler and Art Striebler and, and, you know, Brian Smith and guys like that. So mm. high caliber stuff. So when the big boys come to town, um, chances are Kenny is mm. uh, their assistant. So he's Great. kind of like assistant to the stars of photography, which was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, so I uh, organised to have him uh, help me out on the day. Awesome. Night. Yeah. Okay, so gear. Let's talk about gear. Shooting so, at night in Vegas. Yeah, so the whole idea behind this trip is I wanted to uh, create shots with a minimum of gear yeah. and I wanted to make sure that I could create shots that anyone could replicate because often a lot of the complaints that uh, photographers that are learning have of photographers that are teaching um, is that like we're using um, – the ants pants of gear, high-end flashes, of course we're going to get great shots. Mm. What can we do when, you know, our budget is is really limited? So I wanted to go out and shoot like on a two or $300 light kit mm. and use um, like uh, sort of a minimum of gear. So actually I had, um, and it's not an entry-level camera, but it's still not a pro-level, it's mid-level. I had my 5D Mark III. Mm -hmm. And as a lens, I had, and, and this was a tough call, Val, just to bring one lens. I was mm. sweating on this, uh, but I only took the 24 to 105 F4 with yep. me. Mm -hmm. All right. So one lens, a couple of pocket wizards, mm -hmm. a light pole, and uh, obviously I had uh, a tripod and my assistant. So yep. that's the gear. And the, the softbox that I had for Vegas, I had a couple of different softboxes. I had an umbrella box, mm -hmm. which is um, basically uh, you shoot with a, a speed light. It shoots into the umbrella mm. and then the light bounces uh, through a diffuser and onto the model. But that yep. is a really soft light, not, not appropriate for what I wanted to use. So I didn't end up using that one. I ended up using my uh, Lasterlite Easy Box, which is a small 54 centimeter um, softbox uh -huh. that, that you use uh, that, that fits together. It travels really well and um, it, you use it with a speed light and it's perfect for one or two people when you're photographing them. How does it differ so, from the umbrella box apart from not being an umbrella? So the umbrella box, you imagine that the light bounces into the umbrella, yes. off the umbrella and back through a diffuser panel. So it's like I got it light, yep. where it's in the soft box, it goes straight through um, a couple of panels. So it's direction. Okay. okay? It. So it's not, it's, it's slightly harder light than yep. get with the umbrella box. And mm -hmm. um, just a, a bit easier to see what I'm doing, a little bit easier to control and just a different kind of light. Um, so uh, perfect for what I was going to use it for in, in this shoot. All right, great. So take, talk us through some of the shots that you, you took and, you know, how you set them up. So I just want to talk about like shooting at night and some of the challenges that, that uh, I was faced with and, and sort of that the, 
that you will be faced with in general when when shooting at night. So um, in the show notes, I've put um, uh, a behind-the-scenes still of the setup of uh, the one of the models, Andrew, there uh, on Fremont Street. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you see, uh, basically, I'll leave you to describe the scene there, Val. So... So like? basically the model is standing in, in in the foreground and in the background is the neon old Vegas, you know, big sign Fremont, Fremont Street and, you know, lights and stuff like that. There's people around, so there's obviously passers-by. Your yeah. assistant is holding up the soft box yep. about two metres away. Yep. And I can't actually make out if there's if you're in it. <laughs> no, I'm not in it. I'm, like, I'm taking the shot. So... But it's chaos, fell. Yes, so there's people all people walking around. Everywhere and it's hot. And, what time of day uh, is this? I think it was a Saturday night, like probably the worst night. But what and time? I reckon, huh? What time of day? It was probably about 8 o'clock by now. Okay, the so peak. So the sun peak goes summer. down um, really late. Right. Because uh, it's daylight savings, I think. So, um, yeah. So it was that might have been even 8.30 by now. So... And it's Saturday night, so the majority of people walking past have had a few. <laughs> so basically you're fending off people that are walking out. Because I wanted to take a photo of me. Take a photo of me. Or they're just standing in front of your lens. And so you're contending with all of that as well and, yeah. and trying to get a, sh- a shoot done as well. So it's a, like there's a, there's a lot to deal with. Plus um, – it's dark. Mm. Can't see. And, and so it's not the place that you want to have, like, you know, if I was shooting this uh, on a normal street or in a studio, I'd have gear all over the place, mm. right? But this is not this is not where you want to do that. So I was actually very careful to uh, put everything together in the car park before I got to the location. Right. And then I just had, like, a little kit with me that had, like, on my person that had, like, maybe spare batteries or spare um, cards. And I didn't bring a laptop on the shoot because that would just be dumb. Mm. (laughs) So you just can't shoot tethered in this sort of – so this would be one where I'd say no. So I I was uh, making sure that I was traveling light, even though I had the tripod and the light. Everything was set up before we actually uh, got to the location and then we could just, um, you know, get shooting. Yep. Basically. Mm -hmm. So a couple of the factors worth considering. Uh, In the show notes, you can see it it looks quite bright, Mm -hmm. but that's because I'd cranked up the ISO. It's actually really dark and the problem with shooting at night is the camera really struggles to get a focus because there's so much going on and plus – He's backlit by all these lights. So by all these the, lights of old Vegas, yes. Yeah, so the camera and to 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 find a spot to lock onto when it's uh, quite flat, mm. like the lighting on the actual model is 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 quite underexposed, and so it keeps trying to lock onto other areas like the lights in the background, and it's confused. So you're constantly getting that. It's tracking and searching and searching. So to overcome that, I've got uh, a great little trick that I use where I ask the model to hold on to uh, and put a phone in front of their face and use the phone screen to get a focus. So a lit phone, a phone that's a lit phone lit lit up. He gets he holds it in front of his face, and that's what I get a focus on. Mm. And uh, so I'll either manually focus or get an autofocus lock on to the screen 
and then um, lock that off so that I, I, it's not going to change focus anymore. Mm. Okay? So I might, you know, change it, have it from auto to manual, back to manual, so that the, the, the point of focus is never going to change and then it's not going to keep looking for that point to lock onto. Mm. Cool. The other issue that I had, Val, and this was a massive issue and there was a point where I'm like, oh, this is just a nightmare. What have I done? Is mm-hmm. in Melbourne, when I shoot portraits like this, I pretty much shoot exclusively on my 70 to 200. Yes. Lens. Okay? Yes. Lens. L-series lens. Mm-hmm. And the- so that you can shoot long. So I can shoot long, but it's just like, and even if I'm shooting at 70, which is, you know, not that long, I just use that lens a lot. The 24 to 105 that I had with me, I do use it as a holiday camera and I will do portraits with it, but they've always been in the daytime. Mm. So this was untested at night Mm. and also uh, untested shooting at night in these low light conditions with the 5D Mark III and I realise what it is that I'm paying for when I'm using my um, 1DX and the 70 to 200 because the focus and tracking is so much better. So this lens really struggled to focus and the 5D Mark II And, and I'm talking extreme conditions that like, you know, people like you're not shooting in complete darkness most of the time. Mm. So um, if I had my time over knowing what I know now and I only had this lens and this camera combo to shoot with, I'd probably have something like a strong torch Mm -hmm. that I could shine onto my model so that I could have like a better area to focus and lock onto because that Mm. was the struggle was for focus. Everything else was fine. And in the end – I know I had the right camera because I ended up shooting very high ISO and I know that the 5D Mark III handles it beautifully. So, yeah, that's just uh, something that I noticed. And there was a moment where I had mild panic going, mm-hmm. going oh, no, I'm not going to get my shot because I did get a lot of uh, out-of-focus shots to start with. Right. Yeah. It must it, be even hard to see when you're – because you're not tethered – when you're just looking at the shot to even see in the dark. It's so challenging. So firstly, Val, I've come from um, Melbourne winter, Mm. right? So I'm used to being in 11, 8, 7, 9 degrees, right? Mm. And I've stepped into the Vegas heat. It's boiling, but Mm -hmm. it's humid and it's hot. So I'm hot. Mm. It's crowded. There's drunken people bumping into me. What are you doing? What are you doing? Mm. Like all that. And then I'm trying to be able to see. And I'm jet lagged. (laughs) (laughs) So so it's, it's, there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And then I've got a shot list um, that I needed to get out because I had I had everything, you know, written down in the order that I needed to get everything. So, so tell I'll, me how many shots were you trying to achieve uh, in I your time in Vegas? 30 all up. Oh, wow. I, in, so I'll, hang on. You got there first well, night and you yeah. did a recce. So yeah. then you had another two days and two nights? Yeah. Uh, so I had another – I had another night. Yeah. Yeah, and then another day, but the final day was sort of check out and um So you kind my- of had to achieve them all in one night. Yes. Good. Yeah, Lord. there wasn't a chance to do it, so it was like a matter of doing it that night. 
Okay, so talk us through that. What time did you start and what time did you finish? So uh, started shooting at like um, about eight, mm-hmm. seven, eight. And I reckon we finished, we were, we were all done and dusted by about midnight. You got 30 shots in that time? Yeah, all done. Not oh different shots, not different setups. It was three, four different locations that we went to. Right. So once we were going, we shot very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. But there was a lot of work behind the scenes in getting it all to happen and getting it all set up. But, you know, once you're there, it's uh, pretty much nothing much changes. It's mm. just a matter of uh, getting the composition right and uh, and getting it all. So I noticed that you did get some good bouquet. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, anyone who's interested in getting good bouquet, do listen to our episode on bouquet, which is, how do you describe bouquet again? How do you describe it? Yes, for anyone who hasn't, who's, who's new to it. So it's the, it's the um, out of focus uh, background and those lovely little discs and circles of light that you get when you, when you throw the background out of focus. So in terms of, like I, str- I do struggle to shoot at night and basically I take the easy way out and I avoid it. <laughs> oh, oh, or I just, you know, go for the automatic option. And I know that I've been with you in situations of low light and you end up getting, you know, lighting things in different ways and trying to help my shot and I just, it's just all too hard for me. So I talk us through what kind of shutter speed is ideal to achieve the right look for what you were going for. So basically um, what you've got to determine when you're shooting in low light is uh, you want to get to get uh, the ambient light in the background Mm. that is controlled by shutter speed. Okay. And only shutter speed controls how much light is in the background because remember I'm just not shooting the shots with ambient light only I'm lighting with flash mm. so I was uh and with a tripod so generally if you're shooting at night you will need a tripod just to keep everything steady because I was shooting at a shutter speed of about one twenty-fifth of a second mm. and if you have a look in the show notes, so basically your shutter speed uh, controls the ambient light, mm-hmm. okay? And the, I've, there's a shot in the show notes where I've taken uh, one at one one twenty fifth of a second mm-hmm. at f4 at 400 ISO and you yep. can see that you can see the, uh, the background there, lovely yep. and bright. And then I've stopped down to uh, f16 at one twenty fifth of a second ISO 400. Lights are still there, Val. Mm. The only difference is that the background is sharper because I've uh, selected a narrower aperture. Yep. So basically when you're shooting at night, work out how you want your background to look. If you want it to be uh, mm. super sharp in the background, then you want to pick a, uh, a narrower aperture, So a, mm. a, which is a larger number, a larger f-stop. So yes. the larger number f-stop more points in focus. More things will be in focus, yes. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's the scientific if, explanation. But f-stop is not going to have an effect on how your background looks. 
Mm-hmm. It's it's shutter speed that affects. So basically, this shutter speed controls uh, how much light you're going to see in the background. So you want a slower shutter speed. Yeah. And um, you know, I I I decided to uh, shoot wide open. So and then you can and then you can ride the shutter and determine how bright or how dark you want to make your your background. So mm. I could have made it a bit brighter by opening up to maybe a fifteenth of a second or an eighth of a second. I could have gone. 10 second exposure mm. but but I've got a person in the shot mm. so I need to keep that in mind so I can't be shooting too slow because otherwise if he moves you're going to get like a bit of ghosting so I had to be mindful of that as well so I I, I sat around 125th at 400 ISO for this one and uh, it was enough and so um, I just had uh, my uh, assistant Ken with uh, the McNally set up with uh, a Yong Nuo little speed light in there mm-hmm. set to per maybe, I think it was like a 16th power and it was just like just dropping in a little dook of light. <laughs> How's it go again? Dook into the side <laughs> of his face in Rembrandt style lighting because I wanted it to look, I didn't want it to look lit. Mm. I wanted them to look like um, it might be a street light or something like yes. that. So it's just a very, very soft style of lighting. Cool. Now, you said that there were about four locations or four setups. Yep. Can you describe them to us? Like what, what, what were they four very different types of setups? What were you trying to achieve with these four? Yeah. So, um, so that first lot of shots that I've just described now is I just wanted to uh, just have a chat about uh, shutter speed and ambient and all of that. But the main hero shot that I wanted to get was uh, outside, just down the road from where we were, which was a, a lot quieter. But here's the deal: it, it, this um, had we just to make it a, like the degree of difficulty a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. It's pitch black. Except for the neon lights in the background. Like, it's black. It's dark. There's no street lights? No. Why not? There's a little light, but they're not doing anything. So, like, it's virtually impossible to to see. And, like, so you can see uh, in the show notes there, I've got a guy walking down the street leading the hotel, and it's like that's the sort of Rat Pack-esque shot vibe that I I wanted to get. Um, So I've got low light right? Mm. It's dark and movement. He's walking towards me. Mm. How do you get that sharp? Wow. Yeah, how? How do you get that sharp? So that wasn't going to be an issue. So um, I actually had a go. The, the tracking was difficult. I actually, I was really frustrated by this point and uh, struggled. But and then I sort of worked out how to, to track a bit better and, and managed to get the shot. But what I needed to do was I needed a faster shutter speed, Val, because if I had someone walking towards me mm. at one fifteenth or one twenty fifth of a second, mm. it would have been there would have been camera shake or movement because he's moving. Yep. Right? So or even though the flash is going off, there's kind of like a little bit of ghosting and I didn't want that. So mm. what I did was I just cranked up the ISO to sixteen hundred. Wow. Okay. Because if you're shooting at night, you can have the choice of you can have a pristine, beautiful-looking image without any grain, Mm. 
are you shoot at 100 or 400 mm. and it's soft because you can only shoot at 1 25th or 1 15th of a second mm. or you can get a sharp shot that's a bit grainy. And yeah. I always reckon it's better to have a sharp shot than a soft shot, don't yeah. you think? Yeah, absolutely, because we'll put the uh, image in the show notes, but as Gina mentioned, there's a great shot of a guy in a suit walking towards camera and behind him are the neon lights of this hotel and there, there's lots of lights and, and, the, and the, the word gambling, the words El Cortez Hotel, coffee shop and so on, and also some, some, some other really bright signage. But it goes for a fair way, but it's all... You can read it all. It, none of it's none of it's soft. It's all in focus, which makes you think, okay, this was shot with a high f-stop. Mm. Yeah, and but then but then you think, well, if it's such a high f-stop, how did you yeah make it not blurry? Because you would have had to shoot it at a shutter speed that that, exactly. that led in the light. <laughs> exactly. So in order to get all of that in the background, I'm also shooting a little bit wider than I normally shoot. So I think this one's done it at, uh, at a focal length of 50 val. Mm. Okay. And so that helps with um, depth of field because the wider you go, um, the, the, the sort of the less compression you've got in your, your image, the, 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 the wider the focal length. And so um, you've got a bit more latitude in, mm. in the focus points. So uh, the, the shot's going to be um, a bit sharper all the way through. So I'm just um, trying to find my specs on that one. So I actually think I was shooting that one at, F, at F4 as well uh, at one one hundredth of a second at uh, – 1600 ISO. Wow. That's incredible. And, and hang on. So, F4, just on that, do you know the ISO is the correct way? And we say ISO, but I'm still actually, it depends on what website you go to. Ah. So, if any of the listeners want to wade in on the uh, ISO, 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 um, I remember pronunciation. Back in, back in the day when I was doing photography courses. Before I even met you, they were calling it ISO. ISO. Maybe they were wrong too. But, well, yeah. But I have a question. So the guy's walking to you, but he's lit by your assistant, presumably. Is your assistant kind of walking along as well? So that he's the the, he the light the light is the yeah. same distance. So so there's two ways to do this, Val. I can either be on a tripod. Yes. And stationary, and get them back and walking towards me, and uh, have have um, the assistant backing with them, mm. or I can. Um, we all walk together, so right. which, which means you can shoot for longer. But generally, uh, it's good to have uh, another assistant behind me, making sure that I don't walk. <laughs> pole or something so <laughs> there's two ways to do it and uh I, I did both ways in then so there's a couple of shots down that i that i actually tracked back with him okay um yeah but this one i'm um the tripod is almost um on the ground so i'm very low down yes. and because i'm at 50 i'm kind of pretty close to 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 him as well so mm. and uh yeah um, he, he, he walks towards me. So there's probably maybe, uh, two, three fires per walkthrough. So he'll walk, I'll shoot, 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 and then get him to go back and do it again. Right. Fantastic. And shoot, miss, miss, do it again. <laughs> shoot. Out of focus, out of focus, sharp, 
shop, shop, out of focus. Uh. So what was your favourite, um, whether it's your favourite shot or favourite experience in Vegas? I think just this, this, this setup here and the next ones that we did where we just went down the road a little bit and we did uh, some shots outside the motel. I, like I just really liked the lighting and I liked the contrast of the, uh, the pink sleazy lighting of the motel sign and the old school with the fact that he's, you know, the model's looking so dapper. And I like, I love the contrast of, I love contrasting grunge Mm-hmm. And old school with mm. slick. I just think it works really well, the mm. two together. So, um, yeah, I lo- and I loved um, the the tight shots as well, where you've uh, where I did the model and uh, you got lo- lots of really good bokeh in the background, well, and um, you know the the, the 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 nice lighting as well. I have to say, you scored well on this model because he's like an Ethan Hawke, young it's, Ethan Hawke, isn't it's, he? It's, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. And um, the final shot there um, is that he's walking and I'm walking back with him. Right, yeah. It just looks so candid. Yeah, yeah. And so that was that. that's the, the sort of the look that I'm, I was going for. So And just to have that like uh, even like a little bit of movement, it's not quite um, – it's actually squarer than I normally get. But, uh, yeah, just, just it, I just wanted that fly-on-the-wall sort of vibe with these sure. shots. Okay, so now moment of truth, Gina, because you let slip a couple of episodes ago that when you were in Vegas, you did not even return to your hotel room and you did not go to sleep. Now, I'm just going to ask you while we're recording, why is that? I think I've got to go. Is no, that, no, 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 no. But you're always complaining, Val, that the show goes overtime. No, we, no, no. Well, over, we ha- we're not overtime today, Gina. Overtime. So... Yeah. Is that my mum's calling me? We've got to go. No, do tell. What What were you up to? It's like, what happened? No, I was working, Val. Working? Yes. In what? Through, through, through the night? Uh-huh. Explain. Oh, it's like getting files done. Um, Why would did, you not do that trip, in your hotel room? It's a trip to Walmart at four in the morning when I realised that I didn't have the right um, power adapters <laughs> for Cuba. Seriously. Walmart was like, open oh, at four in the morning. It's open 24-7 in Vegas. Okay. I believe that, yes. <laughs> yeah, so and, you went to yeah, Walmart all night, yes. And so I realise that if I go to sleep, it's all over for me. So it's best if I just uh, stay up and work through. So you stayed up for professional reasons. So for professional reason, there might have been I might have tripped over one or two tables in the casino. <laughs> Uh, um, purely for because if I'm ever going to work for a casino and I've had casinos as uh, as um, as clients before, I need to know like what what goes on there. So it was a bit sure. of research. Yeah, a bit of research. Research at a couple of tables, and um, that's pretty much it, Val. Okay, sure. <laughs> now you have a final shot in the show notes, Gina. It seems to be uh, like a sunrise shot. Is that right? Yeah, so that's that morning. <laughs> oh, after you tripped over the tables, that's, you're actually still out outside a motel? That's, um, no, no, that's coming back from Walmart and I was actually driving ah. back to uh, 
the section of Fremont Street where all the all the cool cafes were because mm-hmm. they made really good coffee there. Mm-hmm. And I saw the starburst happening and I actually I pulled over and like stood in the middle of the road and took the shot and then mm-hmm. got back in my car and that's when the cops <laughs> just what pulled happened? over next to me. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> I just nothing. They're like you're parked on the wrong side of the road because it's like Australian girl. Oh. I still hadn't got my head around, so I just kind of parked. But I was parked, and they're like on a footpath on the wrong side of the road. Oh, <laughs> so they're like, who is this crazy lady at like well, it was five six in the morning? It was very early anyway. Yes. So, yeah. So there you go. But so how I, did you get I, out of it? What did you say? I just. Just they heard my accent and they just went, yeah, right. And they said, you okay? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And they let me go. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Nothing, which is my standard reply <laughs> <laughs> to any time police ask me what I'm doing, just for everyone listening. That's oh, the best God. thing to say when anyone, a policeman asks you what you're doing. Nothing. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> shots in there because I took that because I continue to shoot just because. That, and I just really liked it. I liked yeah. it. I'm very happy with that as a starburst. Yeah, it's cute. It's gorgeous. And, um, yeah, so Gina was at Walmart apparently and being accosted by police apparently somehow outside of a motel. But, anyway, we'll move on. This brings us to the end. Val, just let me clarify, if anything, if anything um, dodgy or or exciting had happened, it wasn't going to happen in a sleazy motel like that. Let let me just set the record straight right (laughs) now. Okay. I just like, I just really liked the grungy part of Vegas. In other words, Gina has standards. I would have been at the Bellagio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So um, if you haven't joined up Gina's newsletter yet, you can do that at ginamilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And it's awesome because there's a lot of exclusive stuff that Gina puts in a newsletter that uh, only go to uh, subscribers of the newsletter, including some. Uh, the last newsletter had some great Lightroom presets, free Lightroom presets that Gina gives uh, to subscribers so do join the newsletter we'd love to um, chat to you on that and uh, and and just a secret tip to everyone you can actually hit reply to the newsletter and Gina will definitely get it and she will respond (laughs) (laughs) but uh, where do we find you on social media as well so I'm at uh, Gina Militia at Gina Militia on um, uh, Instagram, Instagram and Twitter M I L I C I A and uh, Gina Militia dot com and uh, and in the Facebook group all the time Val where they're funny they're funny in there your caramel freaking what what's that thing that you make <laughs> the Went down a treat apparently it's milk. a it's a Russian thing okay. So, um, Gina's speaking about my uh, the only dessert I know how to make. It's not Nutella. It's the only uh, thing you know how to make. Yes, the only thing I know how to make. I just had some this afternoon. You boil oh. condensed milk and it becomes like caramel and you turn it into banoffee pie. But anyway, this is not a podcast on food. Do join us in the Facebook group. Just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer podcast community. And, um, 
and and find us there because we're always in there. And a couple of episodes have come out of that Facebook groups with some of the questions that have come out of the Facebook group. You'll find me on social media at Valerie Koo on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, and yeah, like I said, do join us in the Facebook group. Uh, but we look forward to chatting to you again next week. So until then, see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.